As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Castle of Horror, the show dedicated to horror movies and awesomeness. This week, we continue our summer 2021 the thing I look for every year, the summer 2021 Satanic Panic series with the 1978 film Summer of Fear, a.k.a. Stranger in Our House, directed by none other than Wes Craven. This is Castle of Horror, episode 342. Bear in mind, if you haven't seen today's movie, we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of horror fans who have seen it. So warning, spoilers ahead from Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Jason Henderson publisher at Castlebridge Media. With me from Austin is Tony Sabaccio, lead singer and bassist of the band Deserts of Mars and lead guitarist of the band Rise from Fire. Say hello, Tony. Howdy. Howdy. Also in Austin, Mr. Drew Edwards is the writer-creator of the long-running underground comic Halloween Man, currently published by Comixology. He is a Best Writer Ringo nominee, Austin Chronicle, Best of Austin Award winner, and a member of the Pen America Fellowship. Say hello, Drew. I'm also thinking about my entire life before we record this podcast. Drew Edwards likes to think about his entire life before he goes on a podcast. Man... We've been talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which I cannot come up with an excuse for us to cover on this show, but damn, is it good. Good grief. So good. Anyway, and finally, also in Denver, color commentary from Julia Guzman, who Guzman, I'm going to say that again, color commentary from Julia Guzman, Guzman Immigration of Denver. <laughs> say hello, Julia. Cut in half real bad, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Stranger in Our House is a 1978 American television horror film. That is my favorite thing to bring to this podcast. Uh, a television horror film directed by Wes Craven, starring Linda Blair, Lee Purcell, Jeremy Slate, Jeff McCracken, and Jeff East, who actually had at the same time as this movie, like literally like the biggest movie of the decade in 1978, if you don't count Star Wars. And uh, so, yes, 
it, this film is based on the 1976 novel Summer of Fear by Lois Duncan. It premiered on NBC on Halloween, October 31st, 1978, and subsequently came out in theaters in Europe under the title Summer of Fear. And if you find it uh, on online or on Roku or on Tubi, Summer of Fear is the title that you'll find it under. So, all right, let's get opening thoughts. Uh, let's... we. We rarely start with Julia, and and that is that is an unfairness that I. And, that and I want amusingly, to every time you do start with me, you say something like that. <laughs> That's true. We probably actually start with you more than I nice. think, but I feel like we don't. So so this week we do. Uh, let's start with Julia, then Tony, Drew, and then I'll go. Um, so uh, opening thoughts: Stranger in Our House. Mm summer of fear um <laughs> yes. yes as as we watched it um yes uh so we have little linda blair not so little like 19 years old at this point um horse rider extraordinaire and her uh her parents get a call that her that the, the the sister of the mother has been killed in a car accident with her husband and the um cleaning lady or whatever that they were taking home and that starts this movie of this that her her cousin julia is going to come live with them but no, nobody remembers what she looks like um and julia comes to stay with them and it's uh all hell like breaks loose kind of literally um i i think it's an interesting film there's definitely a lot of things that annoyed me about it i, I found myself getting really frustrated during this movie partly mm -hmm. on purpose like part part of it was that um you know they actually want you to be frustrated and then part of it because i just thought things were dumb like the whole thing with the her brother the brother of of linda blair having crushing out on this on his cousin i was just like how come nobody thinks right. this is weird <laughs> but anyway um so you know i don't know i think um i think i've mixed feelings about it there's definitely some fun things about it uh and some interesting character stuff some interesting performances but yeah i don't know there were just a lot of things that just kind of made me feel meh and I felt like it kind of got to a slow start, so mm. I don't know. So I, I'm gonna, I've got, I've got, like I say, lukewarm feelings. Fantastic. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Tony. We return once again to 1970s TV horror. Uh, so first of all, if that's not your thing, I'm so sorry that I keep doing this to you. And <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I've, I've stated I, I dig on all this. I love uh, it. You know, all right. What are your thoughts? I, I yeah. kind of there's a certain nostalgia for fade to blacks in the middle that you know if. If you're watching TV at the time, you knew that was the commercial yeah. uh, signal, right? And yeah. fades up from black. Like, you can always tell that's, that, I don't know, there's a certain nostalgia there. Uh, and not just a TV movie, a Wes Craven TV movie. Yes. How rad is that? Uh, yeah, I kind of mixed, but I, I think it's I think it's kind of fun. Uh, it has a lot of the, also, there's just a way that TV movies kind of were filmed. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain unless you watch enough of them. And then you kind of get that vibe. Um, but yeah, I, I overall dig it. I totally see where Julia would be frustrated. And there are some frustrating parts. We're like, why, why did you say this at this time? And, you know, yeah, it's part of just how the, the story unfolds. Um, and I totally get that. But I, I had a blast. Uh, it's it's fun to see a Wes Craven TV movie. That's kind of neat. And, oh, yeah. you know, the cast is all is, is cool. Uh, you know, Rain's been watching The Nanny. So all of a sudden I went, whoa, okay, that's Fran Drescher. That's cool. Yeah. Because that's well, been baby, on our TV a lot. Baby Fran Drescher. Lately, over I mean, the past, yeah. yeah over the and amusingly, past. Fran Drescher was starred with uh, Charles Shaughnessy from Days of Our Lives and McDonald Carey from Days of Our Lives is in this movie. So there's another connection. She, yeah. He's the, he's the, you know, the, um, the, the occult, the, the, what is it? The, uh, 
He's a he's actually an anthropologist, but she calls him yeah, like the yeah, like the occult specialist or whatever, like the, right, right, the local uh, expert. Yeah, but since that's been going on, you know, playing in our household off and on mm. uh, a lot over the past like two or three weeks. <laughs> It was kind of just random, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, look, uh, way before the nanny. This is cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I dug it. Uh, I don't know if I would, you know, watch it a ton more. Right. But I thought it was fun. And, you know, I just, I don't know. It, uh, Tubi started re- recommending other uh, TV movies. Oh, really? Uh, I can't remember the name of the next one it recommended, but I just instantly put it in my queue because I knew I was going to come back to it. So that's that's kind of neat. I wonder what uh, other I really TV need to get that TV horror movie book uh, mm. as well now. So, but yeah, I I don't know. I dug it, but I you know there could be some nostalgia goggles, and also I was just in the mood to hey, this is this is kind of fun and bizarre. Thank you very much. Okay, the TV horror movie book. Let's be sure and mention that in the endorsements because I think you've brought it up before. But I've got to order that thing. Basically, I just I just need to need to read that. Um, all right. Mr. Drew, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I don't always like TV TV movies. I don't hate them. I mean, there's certainly been a lot that I, you know, I love Salem's a lot. I love Kolchak. Um, I did not like Crowhaven Farm, which was the other one that we recently did, which this has some plot line similarities mm-hmm. to. But I had a good time with this one. I, I thought this was fun. Um, it's interesting how it is both very much a TV movie of its time, but it's also like unmistakably a Wes Craven movie with a lot of Wes Craven's um, tropes Mm. in it. And um, that was really interesting to me seeing this, you know, slightly older, you know, Linda Blair in a, you know, more leading role was cool. Um, It very much, even though it's a movie about, you know, witchcraft and, you know, Satanism and things like that. It very much feels like this could have easily been turned into a vampire movie at Mm. times with the way the, uh, the, uh, villain character is portrayed. And I'm sure we'll get more into that when we talk about it, but yeah, Yeah. I thought this was, I thought this was a good time, you know, and it was a Wes Craven movie I've never seen because I thought I had actually seen every single Wes Craven movie. So this was kind of eye opening that there was one out there that I had somehow missed on my many viewings of his other works. But this is this is cool. I had a good time with it. It's fantastic. Uh I I definitely have seen this movie before for several reasons. I mean number one, um our older daughter, uh Sophia is totally into Lois Duncan, who is the the suspense novelist who wrote just a whole, just like she just sort of just constantly wrote suspense novels. And uh, Summer of Fear uh, was a really good one. This movie follows the plot of that book very closely, uh, you know, with a few changes that are just based on where they're filming and and the skills of of the of the actress Linda Linda Blair, who was a horse enthusiast. So they wrote that into the into the movie, I think, quite well. But it followed the book super, super closely. Uh, but Lois Duncan, you know, she also wrote, uh, I know what you did last summer and, um, killing Mr. Tingle and, and all these other, uh, just always there were suspense stories built around, around, you know, young adults. And 
honestly, actually, in literature, that's kind of a missing genre right now, because now what we call young adult tends to be a little younger than this. You know, the, the whole notion of young adults who are like maybe just graduated high school or around there, like Fran Drescher, her best friend is presumably Linda Blair's age, and she's like a nurse, you know, or at least a nurse's aide, you know, whatever she is. So that that so-called emerging adult uh, story realm, uh, they keep trying recently to make it into a marketing theme for books, and it keeps not really happening, um, which I think is a shame because I think I think these are good these are good main characters to have because they're still living at home. There's still a you know if 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 we take Linda Blair's character seriously, she lives at home. She still has a tendency to be whiny. She lives with her parents, but on the other hand, she has a lot of freedom and and you know so um, I don't know. I I I just I like the world of this. Um, and, uh, you know, what Tony was saying, let's go ahead and get into this. We'll, we'll start with the, the theme and then just start working our way through. But the reason I like TV horror movies, um, especially of the 1970s, is nothing else looks like them. Nothing. You know, 80s movies don't look like this. The, the 70s horror movies like, uh, you, you know, um, Satan's School for Girls and, and what have you, they all have that same, you know, let's go into the into the Santa Monica Hills and, and film some cars. I mean, everything. Uh, so it, nothing sort of transports me into a different place, a different universe, uh, the way these do. Or, or actually, I'll be more specific than this. It's not that nothing transports me. Is that this, this these films transport me to that imaginary place of America in the 1970s exactly with the clarity that a, a universal horror film transports me to the universal world, or that Hammer transports me to the weird Hammerscape. So I uh, I see these and I just I just immediately uh, love them. Um, and and again, by the way, I got a whole YouTube playlist if y'all want to get into this and i'm talking to the listener I, I will i will post it again on on our facebook page but i have an entire youtube playlist of movies like this where you can just play them all day on saturday and and you will you too will feel like you're wandering around in the 1970s and should start wearing a, a scarf around your head um all right so julia uh i i didn't warn you that i was going to call on you for a plot point but the movie uh, starts with Linda Blair living her awesome life with her awesome boyfriend, and then into her life comes uh, her cousin. Why? What? What? Well, the, the movie how, did, how does starts, Julia make yeah, her way into the movie? Her life? Actually, starts with a fiery with a, a a car accident. This car full of explodium plunges off the <laughs> cliff, and uh, and then, like I say, her parents get the news that. Um, Julia is coming. Well, rather that their their parents get the news that their sister and and her husband have died, and this other random woman uh, that they were taking back home. And um, so they say, "I uh, we may be bringing Julia back with us." So then, sure enough, they come back, and Julia comes back with them. And she is um, uh, has been raised in Massachusetts, and apparently goes to school there, but spends her summer in the Ozarks. And for some reason, has decided that the Ozarks accent is the one she's going to be using 
This is this is what we're expected to, to what everybody's expected to believe anyway. Um, and then uh, so she's like, she can come stay with me, but immediately the um, I, I'm sorry, I, I need to stop calling her uh, Linda Blair. What's Linda Blair's character's name? It's uh, um, uh, it's uh, Rachel. Oh gosh. Rachel, thank you. Yeah, so Rachel, uh, yeah, Rachel's horse Sundance hates this chick. <laughs> right. Hates Julia. Starts freaking out. So um, throughout the film, you know, that it's decided that first the ho- that the horse is going to go, um, you know, that stay someplace else, even though she's still going to ride it because she's a, she rides it. And actually, Linda Blair was really fond of horses, which is why they end up using a horse instead of a dog. Yeah, and I want to I want to stop you right there because that yeah. gets us that gets us the basic concept of the yeah. beginning, and it gives us a chance to talk about these characters. Mm-hmm. So first, um, Linda Blair, uh, did y'all? I mean, I I really liked Linda Blair in this movie. I mean, I I like, first of all, I love seeing how comfortable this actress is around these horses. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, she just sort of, you know, she just gets, I, I know that I shouldn't be impressed by that, but like everybody else, you could say, Why? I need people who are good with horses. But, you know, this in this case, you have a star and she's just, she just breathes these horses you know and it's amazing why is you were it gonna wrong say for you to be impressed with that i'm sorry why is it wrong for you to be impressed with that well i mean i i guess i guess there's nothing wrong with it but but uh it's um i i guess what would be wrong is that one might assume that i should just assume that linda blair could do anything but but no i mean it's <laughs> It's really, it's just, just the way that she just has her hands on these animals all the time. She has a complete command of them. You know, you believe that she is this, this girl who's competing all the time with them. And so they take what's kind of a, just a minor plot point of the novel, which is that her like cocker spaniel is afraid of her new cousin and they turn it into her, you know, 700 pound animal is afraid, is afraid of her cousin. And it's, it's really, it's cool. That That's, that, this you know, whole thing, thing is neat. The thing that I think is great about Linda Blair, other than the fact that, you know, I mean, every time we do one of these satanic panic things, we drop name drop the exorcist so many yeah. times. So now we have like a direct tie back to that movie. But um, she's very much like the prototypical Wes Craven heroine. Like she mm. feels like part of the same lineage of uh, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street and Sydney yeah. from Scream. Like she's like that same sort of resourceful young girl that has to figure everything out on her own you know it's a good point yeah and i i loved this character i just was i was had a good time watching her uh become junior occult detective um (laughs) on her her own because like everything you know her family fails her and her boyfriend fails her really the only person that comes through her for her is the anthropologist character and her her cousin takes care of that toot sweet, you know. Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, her nurse friend, you know. Yeah, that's true. Her that's true. Actually, you know, pulls through. That's but, true. Uh, but for the yeah. most part, she's she's having to to bootstrap her way through this oh, alone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that to me, like, again, that's very much like a Wes Craven thing mm-hmm. like I, I i i she just has so much of that dna of characters that we see in his other movies and i had not it's... thought about that but that's a really really good point um yeah she's she really seems at home here and it makes me i it makes me wistful that that 
Linda Blair's Linda Blair's career didn't go, you know, probably the way that that we might have hoped, right? You know, after this, she does some memorable stuff. There's a there's a slasher film she's in that I can't remember now what it's called, where she's the final girl. Um, I think that Hell was Night? Hell Night, yeah. And of course, the Avenging Angel movie, um, where she wields the where she wields the crossbow. Um, and then after, you know, and, and, and now she's much more of an act, activist and animal rights activist than, than actress now, but, um, but she's good here. It's, it's really fun. Um, while we're going through the cast. So Lee Purcell <laughs> and, and we'll get, we'll give all the spoilers here because this is a spoiler show. So Lee Purcell probably is the one who has to do the most challenging role. And she plays her character, like it just a series of gradual changes through and and it's um i thought it was it was neat to watch she begins with this total like hick accent that uh that, that julia was commenting on and you know she's really demure except for that from the very beginning because it's a tv movie and you got to keep the plot moving along from the very beginning um she's suspicious to linda blair you know because she's a little too flirty in her own sort of i don't know down eyes down cast way she's a little too flirty with all the men well and, and the thing with the accent you know she's like yes. why does she have this accent why does she have this accent when and her says, horse her horse doesn't re- reacts to her like she's the frank she's right? like a, she's like she's, <laughs> she's dracula basically yeah. like she's dracula yeah. yes <laughs> and and this movie also posits that she's not even i mean i uh i'm gonna call on you know Drew or Tony, you can take this, but she's a monster, basically. Uh, you know, by the by the time the movie's done, she's literally McDonald Carey says something like, She's just coming into her powers now. She won't cast a reflection in a mirror. You know, she's like a she's a monster. She's not well, she just won't, a no, she won't show up. She won't show up in photographs. She does cast a reflection still, but All she right. won't show up in a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, of this stuff reminds and we talked about this a little bit with Crowhaven Farm, but it mm-hmm. really reminds me of it here. All of this stuff reminds me of Carmella. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, can you explain? Go, go ahead and explain what the Carmilla plot is. Well, the fact is that, that there's this girl that's, you know, interjected into this family and starts kind of destroying the family unit yeah. within. And then there's, of course, all these parallels to to vampire mythology. You have the thing with the horse. You have the thing with the camera. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, she's supposed to be a witch, but she is effectively, you know, a vampire, even that she's like seducing all of the men and kind of right. turning them into <laughs> right. their, their thralls. And yeah. it's, and she's not who she says she is too which is another carmela thing she's not actually the cousin at all she's this this ozark murderer backwards witch who's named sarah and uh, you know i i don't know like i isn't that great found yeah i found all this stuff even though there was a couple of things about her she's not very good at covering her tracks I right. say this like and maybe it's because she's cocky i don't know but like she the one part where she like burns or not burns but she marks linda blair's um photograph to give her hives yes um she doesn't even hide the fact that she like broke the 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 um picture frame to get to it it's just like hanging out there and you know maybe can't hide anything like i'll no one would think to look in this drawer right and I get, may, I mean, maybe that could be part of her coming into her powers. But as we find yeah. out later, she is 
at least powerful enough to cause car wrecks and other things by the time we get to the end of it. Um, <laughs> but she is really bad at hiding anything. I mean, even she leaves like, well, I'll just burn this and leave it in the around or this I mean, bag with this either bag that or she just doesn't and... give a shit. I mean, where she's like literally, I mean, yeah, that could also be it. But Jack with, with she's going to Jack with Linda Blair, knowing that, that she's got everybody so wrapped around her finger that that it, it's just going to infuriate Linda Blair that there's nothing that she can do about how they're all under her spell. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's flexing for sure. If that's the case. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Go ahead, find the fo- oh. Who's gonna believe you? That's part of my deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, my that's goodness. that's something. That's one way to do it. I mean, the cool thing is this exploits your fears, right? Because we 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 live a life where we try to be moral, and and and, and this is and a good story, a good horror story will do this. You try to be moral. You try to reach out and help people. And so, a big nightmare of ours that good horror movies often play on is. Well, if you are reach out and are good to people and offer things to strangers and all that stuff, sometimes uh, it's not really you're helping your cousin. It's actually like an evil sacrifice, you know, uh, you know, again, it's just not thinking about this. This sort of would have fit in our gaslighting retrospective as well. Absolutely. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, she's totally... Anytime Linda Blair... Sometimes it's, it's you know, Rachel's fault. Yes. Like, hey, don't mention... Don't mention you know this. You know, don't play your hand. Right. Uh, but, you know, she... She kind of pushes all the buttons on purpose here and there. Yeah. Uh, because she's cocky, like you're saying, but she does a lot of, oh, no, you know, especially at the beginning. Like, why would, no, I'm totally not that. Everything's cool. Right. Um, and, and it makes, yeah. she's very good at making Linda Blair look like the unreasonable one. Ever, there are many scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first half, at least, where people are like, damn, Rachel, you're just coming off a little strong against your poor cousin whose parents just died. You're whining about the way she dresses and about her Yeah, I her think that's accent. why this movie frustrates me so much is the, all the gaslighting, because movies with gaslighting really frustrate mm. me. But like I say, it that plays on our fears, that we will one day 
be innocent and people will be misunderstanding us and and victimizing us and we won't be able to communicate it and you know i i I love stuff like that because that's your big fear right you try to be a good person and so you see a, a movie where where that's happening and it's and it's blowing up in the person's face um lee purcell yeah she starts out with the accent and we get the impression that over the course of the montage that pushes the time period forward that over the course of like a month in this quote-unquote summer uh which i guess it's the summer because nobody's going to school or anything um over the course of that month her accent goes away and she starts dressing very nicely and she steals linda blair's boyfriend (laughs) just like of course it totally reminded me that cheers thing with the french guy that or the fake french guy It's like, yeah. I'm going to steal your girlfriend. Yeah, it's exactly it's the second time we've seen that, right? Again, just like in, just like Drew was saying, this plot is very similar to Crow Heaven Farm, where where that girl's trouble, that girl that you let in your house, you know. And it makes me think maybe part of this, the audience is women, you know, where where because there's this strong motif of, you know, an evil girl who can fool men is going to walk in and and steal the people that you love. Um, yeah. She's really well, good. It doesn't help that also all the men just kind of fall in line. Like, no, they're oh, very Jesus. strong. Can like, we talk oh, about okay, the... let's oh, we all got seduced or thralled or our oh, yeah. because we got neither of those. Or oops, heart attack, or you know, like yeah. all the She's... all the guys are pretty damn useless. And yeah. you know, that's part of the whole that's that's part of this genre that's part of the the way the story is told yeah um and, and yeah her dad i think is the most disturbing one uh, to me well yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i sort of almost am a bit surprised that they got away with that on a tv movie not because there's like anything too explicit but it just feels so kind of gross because of the age difference they're they're well feeding... also tech he yeah. doesn't know he wouldn't know i mean part of it's the that he's enthralled, but either way, he wouldn't know that that's not uh, his relative. I guess. Well, it's his not technically. Not his, it's his relative by marriage, so it's not an incest thing per se. It's still, but I mean, and, and yeah, either anytime way. you're in a conversation <laughs> where you got to go, well, it's not really incest. You are in trouble. There is this is yeah. You know, no, don't be the uh, what's his face from the Transformers <laughs> movie with the you talking about Jeremy Lewis detailing. <laughs> Thing. Well, the thing that gets yeah. me is nobody even mentions it. Like, it's not even a. It's as if they forgot that she was supposed to be the cousin. Oh no, well, now you're talking about Peter, the brother. Who, yeah, by the yeah. way, I, I referenced this earlier. Uh, Peter is played by Jeff East. Jeff East played the young Clark Kent in Superman, and he was so good. I mean, he's really good in that role. You know, he, he um, considering it's thankless to be the young guy who gets replaced by Christopher Reeve. You know, after the first like 45 minutes of the movie, but um he's good in that role anyway here he plays a guy who yeah he kind of wants to date this girl julia that he believes to be his cousin and again it's not quite the same as the thing as what you're talking about but yeah it's again the idea that you're not really supposed to date your first cousin but yet nobody even mentions that as a thing yeah well not well, only she's that from the Ozarks, like, hey, you so know you like maybe her, right? he just runs in the family <laughs> mm, there you go i don't know man what were you gonna say tony i'm sorry 
Go no, ahead. it's it's not only that, but then people are like, "Hey, so you know, she's cute, right?" Yeah, like, what that's the hell? Kind of what starts it? It's like what, what? Yeah, because because I was confused uh, by Blair that says, because I was like, "Wait, that is your brother." Wait, yeah, are you? Did I hear that right? And then yeah, so much so that you can miss that that this guy that lives with them lives with them and is Linda Blair's brother. I mean, because there's so much like um like weird like hey why don't you hang out with julia she's real cute without any sort of like no man that's gross she's my cousin it's just nothing and, and you know and then when when she runs off when when lee purcell runs off with blair's boyfriend jeff east is pissed off he's all jealous well but the yeah. thing is it's almost like except for the fact that there's no line about this it's almost like he's not really the blood brother because every it's always this is my cousin julia says rachel yeah but he never says that but 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 he's her brother so i'm like why is that not your cousin also <laughs> anyway yeah. it's silly it was a thing anyway, that that's... kept bugging me and like i'm just like i don't know i, I should just it's let just it go. a script problem it, it, it is really literally it's missing some lines that we could use um because yeah. i don't remember this from and the it's because even even the girl even rachel goes um hey so i'm i have a date with mike tonight can you entertain uh julia and he goes i'm not gonna hang out with a cousin i don't even know so he says cousin and then she yeah. goes she's really pretty and i'm like dude he just said that she's his cousin like i mean you can have well, a crush on your yeah, cousin no no no. but, but she's saying, setting know. it up like come on you should want to hang out with this oh yeah ding, ding 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 no i know and i mean at least there could have been a line like well why don't you you know hang out with your friends and her i mean she's really pretty that like that that would be like one of them friends would like her but no well what we don't the lines you're missing jason that you said hey we're missing some lines were the ones that were cut where we find out that he's her uh He's not even really kin. Yeah. He's their adoptive brother. Exactly. And that his, been his fun. parents died in a when a satanic <laughs> witch killed them in a skeeter accident. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like right. that's that's what we were missing. Yeah. Oh my god. Our tragic roller coaster. Uh, you know. This could be like two hours longer. I really would like to see Jeff East. Like they should double date. Jeff East should be with Fran Drescher. I mean, there's room here to breathe this this story a little more. Um, but but that's the other thing that I enjoy about TV movies is that they're so damn compact that there's just no time to do this stuff. Which honestly, in a way, sometimes I like that more because it gives me a chance to just imagine all of these other storylines that are spinning off that you don't you don't have time for um well that's what we talked about last time was you know this is a, a pop you know i don't think i'm off to say this is definitely a, hey what can we sell ads for yes you know what what kind of things can we do to sell ads for we'll get the right people together uh we'll get a bunch of people who are coming up in tv or or have been yeah. in movies and so we want to capitalize on that because hey look they're also in this movie mm -hmm. so we want to stay we want to stay for all the ads because we know them that's and right and uh it all has to be compact because it's going to be an hour and a half because you want 30 minutes worth of ads yeah and the, Boy, that's amazing. all the stuff right. that you have to do to fit your movie into that uh you know kind of spot is is fascinating there, there's a yeah. craft to that that's not the same as theatrical craft in the you know in the same manner yeah so, and you got to you know plan all of your you know a good tv movie also kind of plans its cliffhangers around the the uh 
story beats where commercials yeah. are going to happen and all of that like that's a, that's a different way of thinking so seeing something that's that's kind of fun and enjoyable within all of that i that's part of my kind of nostalgia and the way i look at these now which is definitely not anything i thought of when i was growing up it was just oh look movies on tv that's great because right. everything else was a series or you know some one-off show so you know when you're young enough look a whole movie and it's not at the movies like that's <laughs> impressive to you know when you're of a certain age but your point is so well taken though that now what can impress us is look at the skill it's like a person concocting a sonnet has to be a certain number of lines hasn't has to be a certain number of syllables you know that it has to fit this and that and and the true artist is going to be kind of like pushing the envelope and yet not making you aware that he's pushing the envelope which or, or at least not making the standards and practices guys aware Right, like like Drew was pointing out, with with this ostensibly teenager feeding strawberries to a married man, you know, in the middle of the night. (laughs) And he's, I know he's kind of supposed to be in trance, but there's also like the whole scene where uh, she's trying on his wife's lingerie, and he seems completely okay. Oh yeah, she just says like, "Oh, should I should I wait for this?" And she's like. Oh no, he's like, oh no, she'll be gone soon enough. Oh and... my god. Yeah, it's this is that's good melodrama, man. That's 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 pretty great. Um so yeah. Uh, uh anyway, I really and then of course by the well by, by the time Lee Purcell has revealed herself, she she makes a complete transformation again into like this glowing-eyed hair teased witch. You know where she she literally looks like a monster version of herself, which is pretty incredible. I I, I thought that was that was great, but I, I don't want to get into that finale yet, um, because because we should we should make our our way our way through a little bit and, and see if there's anything in the plot that that we that we need to tease out. Um, so yeah, at 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 first at first Linda Blair is the only one who suspects that there's something going wrong. Um, Lee Purcell. The very first thing that she does is steal her boyfriend and start start um, making eyes at the dad. Uh, what? And so Linda Blair starts investigating and turns for help to McDonald Carey. McDonald Carey, by the way, as as Julia was fond of pointing out, was uh, the star one of the stars of Days of Our Lives from way way back. The patriarch, yeah. Yes, and, and and I'll bet you even today you'll still hear. They use his bumper at the beginning, where because he was the one who, who like read sands the through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. That's right. Yeah. Ah, oh, gives you chills. He also played the dad of Gidget. I just want to point out because I'm a Gidget freak. He played the dad of Gidget, and Gidget gets married. So that was 1972. Um, so yeah, uh, as Drew points out, uh, Linda Blair makes a tactical error, which is that she she's been consulting with mcdonald carey to find out listen i think witchcraft might be involved here and the tactical error is that she tells lee purcell um uh well listen i think you're a bad person and i'm (laughs) I'm consulting with the local occult expert (laughs) in, in town and that um Oh yeah, well she's I mean the problem is the problem with that that was frustrated that's the thing that frustrated me. And it's yeah. all plot stuff. Like this this is being nitpicky. But yeah. 
the part that just kind of was like ah um was she she's been outwitted several times yeah she, you know she's gotten blemishes where she couldn't go out to the and, dance oh yeah. and the and the dress yeah can 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 but before we move <laughs> on with mcdonald carrie julia can you explain to me the plot point of this damn dress that's yeah that... so there's so she has a dress um rachel does that she puts on and and immediately both julia and the dad who julia is like giving a shoulder massage too creepily um they both are like that piece of shit you know I me mean, basically <laughs> like that dress and um so he's like well can't you return it or whatever where did you get it and she's like no i've been i made it um then so uh um she's like i made it and it's super like shapeless and whatever it's just not that good looking address and so then later on when julia claims to have um spilled some nail polish on her dress and wants to go to this dance that that rachel can't go to because she's suddenly broken out into magic hives um so julia puts on she's like the mother says why don't you wear that dress that rachel made and she puts it on and suddenly it's like a gorgeous perfectly form-fitting dress which and except since we didn't get a line about how either the mother or julia knew how to sew um they uh, it must be magic fitting like oh, she yeah. must have used witchcraft to make it fit her it's witchcraft <laughs> I guess if she can wreck cars, she can make make dresses fit. Some Cinderella but, uh, stuff going on, magic, you know, magic glamour kind of stuff. I guess like make me beautiful, you know, the dress just fits <laughs> exactly. Just like yeah, like Bewitch or Genie, yeah, yeah. But it is, uh, you know, in Tony's words, it's a flex because also. It's just like, not only do you have hives and have to stay home so that, you know, I'm going to go to this party and your brother is going to, it's all right, and your boyfriend is going to take me, but I'm going to wear the dress that you. <laughs> oh, oh, not just that, Jason. Yeah. Her dad has gone, Ugh, that dress? Eek. And then, right? and then now he's everyone. Now like, well, you caught in this dress, yeah. Yeah, everyone. Well, and it's the first time we. Here, it's the first time that her reflection, it's the time her reflection disappears from the mirror and right. only Rachel notices. Um, so you start to get all the witchy stuff at once at that point. Right. But everybody in the family goes, yeah, that dress looks better on her. Sorry. And, <laughs> and she's supposed to just stay home with like horrible hives. Yeah. Uh, and the brother goes, I want her to come to this party, but I'm in the band. So I can't, she can't be my plus one. So can't your boyfriend take her? And then brother comes back home by himself and goes, yeah, your boyfriend and Julia took off after the intermission. They like couldn't keep their eyes and hands off each other and he wouldn't let anybody else talk to her. So I was like, all oh, crap. I mean, it's just horrible. The horrible, worst, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad night for poor Rachel. Yes. yes. And those things at the time when you're that age are the most important things ever. I still can't believe she even talks to Mike after that like there's whole scenes where they're like arguing and you know right and he's where like, the oh, cast continues. She should, her yeah. answer should have been hell yeah you are get the hell out of my get away altogether <laughs> i'm just sorry and uh you know i mean i couldn't really help it and we know that that's true because of witchcraft 
True. This. Good point. But yeah. still, damn. Although he doesn't <laughs> seem quite as mesmerized as the dad does. Oh, yeah. No, but well, he there's does a lot of hormones line, involved. No, in he the, does have the my... line, Drew, where he's like, she's like, oh, he says, you know, we just immediately had this connection that is that I've never experienced or whatever he says. And she's like, well, like with like you and me, no, completely different. So there is oh, something. Oh, no, I think bizarre. he, I think he yeah. has been zapped somehow. Yeah. I just, I don't, like the actor plays it, like the, the actor playing yeah. the dad like he plays Alleges it very that much he doesn't like even guy. remember what happened which i think yeah is right well he plays it very much <laughs> oh. like a guy in a trance whereas like the boyfriend it seems like his just perceptions just yeah. yeah his perception's been altered but he's not aware of it at all like he still seems like a pretty normal guy he doesn't seem weird yeah, or agreed. anything agreed yeah well agree Maybe with it you takes Julia, more... when we get to the end that whole stick Maybe it takes more <laughs> trance magic if the guy is old and married than it does if he's young and horny. Yeah. Well, no, I was about to say that. For Mike, yeah. it's like, she made me feel like nothing like you felt, especially in some places. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guys might feel. But uh, yeah, when we get to the end, Julia, I, that, those lines that you mentioned, man. <laughs> that was that was one of the other things is like the magic wrap up but yeah yeah for sure yeah the, well, but the part with the doctor um that we were originally yeah. talking about she's seen all this stuff happen yeah and she keeps not being able to prove it so the fact that all of that happens and then she still feels this need to go oh yeah well i know this occult guy and he's gonna bring you I down know. just I like, like no don't do the, the thing <laughs> over her like oh you would team God. up team up and take her out don't again it's, you know we're supposed to also believe Linda she's Blair's kind of younger and not that guy has a stroke or whatever what? happens to him yeah yeah go ahead tony you're, you're no, saying but that, yeah we're, i mean we're supposed to also you know she's she's traumatized she's being gaslit all that stuff leads into it so it sort of makes sense in a character way of her going Oh yeah, well the thing you think you're so smart, I'm smarter. But it's still if you were truly smart, you would shut the hell up. Right. Team up with the occult guy and bring her down. But yeah. instead she has to go for real. I got your number. And Julia just goes, Oh, I think I can solve this. <laughs> and, yeah. and we get a stroke heart attack kind of thing going on. Uh, you know, <sighs> which which totally undermines absolutely undermines everything uh rachel's been working for because you know yes. luckily he is able to pass on some information but that could have just as easily not happened and then that would have been it more or less well what, what's 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 interesting to me though is what really turns it around to be honest with you i think that julia as presented in this movie would have gotten away with whatever the hell it is that she wants to get away with it's just that she julia herself not rachel julia overplays her own hand you know mm. she because what really turns the tide you can convince me i'm wrong but i believe what really turns the tide is that mrs bryant you know the mom decides that she's had enough of this kid and and you know and she and finally finally rachel has an ally uh, well, and, but but no no not until no that's not <laughs> even it because okay. she was gonna she was going to get killed. Well, that's true. She's going to get killed. No, like, so no, she didn't know any of that. No. What happens is this. She said, um, so Rachel says to her mom, look, she's, you know, Julia's bad because the mom kind of, you know, says and something. And the mom's like, hell yeah. Like 
And then, no, but she's like, I don't know. I don't think, don't say that. Don't even talk to me until you get this out of your head. In fact, you know, because she had said, let's go, um, come with me on my business trip tomorrow. I'm going to go take pictures or something. And then she goes, yeah, Julia's coming too because she insisted. So then, um, but, uh, so, so Rachel tries to say, mom, you know, she's evil too. And the mom says, no, don't even talk to me because you don't know what you're talking about. That's a terrible thing to say. So the mom is not her ally and she tries to get her to, to develop because she had gotten her to take pictures of Julia because the doctor had said, uh, she won't show up on film. So she's like, develop the film, develop the film. She's like, no, go away. I don't have time for this shit. So then the mom leaves the next day, mm. uh, without talking to either one of them because Julia apparently wasn't feeling well, according to her. And so then, so she actually never does get the mom to be her ally because like tony was saying Although the, the mom's mom supposed to get into a, the mom's supposed to get into a car accident yeah huh? you're right the mom does actually that's it. true yeah i'm wrong i'm sorry the mom saw that the dad and her were kind of flirting but she tries to tell but she blames that on the dad she's like you know what julia is a kid she isn't she's doing whatever she's doing but you need to be like not hanging out spending not time flirting with an underage girl yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean but he's also so enthralled that she, I mean, oddly, so at, even after that, where she confronts him, and he's like, "You're way to be a woman." Don't be ridiculous. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, the next. That's next. Well, a she tries to force her daughter to model with her ex who cheated on her. Yes, and that's not the best parenting. True. Uh, again, all of this is possibly because Julia's pulled it over. Like spell wise, she's really pulled it out pull the wool over everybody's eyes yeah. um and then when she finally goes oh no and is kind of smart enough to go no no you should take these pictures i bet julia would totally do it and she's super uncomfortable which is also not again the best photography thing like you have a model who's totally doesn't want to be there no, yeah. no it'll be fine that's a little weird and creepy itself it, it, it is <laughs> For a professional she photographer almost to kind of by it. that yeah she's mm, I mean, again, this is all plot stuff, right? It has to happen to forward. But the the you know the main thing is once her daughter says no, no, develop the film. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And because uh, she's a witch, and you'll see, she doesn't even think. Uh, well, I did see her flirting with my husband. Yeah, that's a good point. And then they did, and they were doing the whole thing with the map. Oh, show me. Oh, please, sir, show me where the map. Like where we'll go, and all this just stop. Stop. Really? I guess that a I was map? just so Tony, and... I was so moved by her at least saying, Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to her being gone. I was so starved for anybody to be on Rachel's side that that meant a lot to me. But you're right. I guess it, it really doesn't mean that much. You're right. You're totally right. And and yeah. again, she's not convinced because even after she's seen her husband, their interaction, she still, you know, slaps her daughter and goes, How dare you talk yeah. to your flirty uh <laughs> cousin that way? And even think she's, she's a witch, even though she cheated on, you know, she's now going out with your ex all the time at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at best she's ineffectual. Like like you know, even right. she doesn't do anything with the knowledge that her husband's doing inappropriate things with her yeah. and I really do think it ultimately boils down to Linda Blair's character being the one that's mm-hmm. that's take takes care of business, you know. It is really cruel. I mean, I guess we can chalk up some of it to to them being kind of enchanted, but um 
it is really cruel the way the rest of the family really expects the Linda Blair character to just be okay with Julia and Mike going out with each other. Like that would be really hard on a young girl. Like, well, I know this sounds crazy, but it's almost just as bad that she also Mm. takes over her room. I mean, your your room is everything to you when you're a teenager. Yeah, yeah, they say, well, if you don't want to be with her, then you should move in with your little brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she's had a hard life. Her parents died. Um, Why are you just, I mean, they do everything because it's TV movie. They do everything but say, why are you being such a bitch? Right. (laughs) Like, if it was a different, if it was a real movie they would have just had that line because that's yeah. what everybody's skirting around like why are you a jerk right you know this is your cousin who lost her family and they do say something similar to that like, she had she lost her parents you could give up your room if you think that she's a witch who doesn't cast reflections and you're trying to ruin her life because of that despite <laughs> the fact that she cheated on your boyfriend and has made your brother really unhappy because she didn't finish the prom with him and he doesn't <laughs> seem to care after that so stop being negative nelly <laughs> despite all these other things oh and she looks like she may be cheating on you know trying to lo- seduce your dad i don't know why you're being a jerk <laughs> and again and also, and spells, also and right? also because of her your horse uh had to go live somewhere else and eventually ended up getting having to be killed because its leg was yeah. broken well uh, but you're being a bitch as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And she can't, I mean, to their credit, even if they weren't uh, under a spell, that at least looked like... It was just the horse, you know, the horse was crazy and then it broke its leg, you know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they were still like, you shouldn't um, be upset about this. Like, you know, it's her, her horse. There's a yeah, lot of, kinda, there's yeah. a lot of, of dismissing of Rachel's emotional needs in this film. That's for sure. For sure. 
know, pretty much well, everybody is like how Except. much of that is is the witchcraft and how much of that is just the people in her life are kind of shitty well yeah <laughs> that's the genre. Tell, it, it, it truly it. is you know that, that's there. just the way these movies work any from hell movie um which is what julia and i call them not to be confused with from hell the movie about jack the ripper but any from hell movie where you introduce some character who comes in and just turns your life topsy-turvy uh is all there's always going to be all the good people around you are just going to think you're the bad guy you know and and you're not going to be able to to dislodge them until the end when because everybody's just a symbol there's a complete 180 and everybody hugs you and it's okay but yeah, that's to, that's the way these work to the writer's credit um you know that's the way a lot of gaslighting works and the truly insidious horrible people who are real mm. uh actually do can do that and even you know i had a friend who or you know in retrospect not really a friend who was really good at turning uh people kind of on each other a person mm. i knew in college who was really good at turning people on each other and it wasn't until a long time later that i realized how all of that kind of uh machination worked i was like oh, you know that was really terrible um so you know that's, that's, that's amazing how truly horrible people do work yeah. uh but it's made even more uh obvious because you know you have to fit it into like an hour and a half yeah uh, but it does bear the question is good on how much of this was just family stuff that she took advantage of mm. and how much like oh man you know was there ever a, like ah, she's so full of drama all the time we don't know that yeah we don't know right? that's a good point huh yeah no the the it and the the skill of a movie like this is that you don't even think about it until you've you've you're spending an hour and a half talking about it. It's like we don't know about the emotional past of these characters. <laughs> there's there's really nothing, you know, that that we're given. We just go with what they are right now, which generally I'm totally fine with, you know, because we have we have enough clues, you know, as as to how they behave. But you're totally right, you know. Maybe they've never really listened to her. Maybe she's never really needed to be listened to. You know, she has her horses and, and everything's pretty great until into their lives comes this <laughs> this succubus. Um, it is kind of weird, though, by the time we get to the end and figure out the reality of things is that evidently they've never seen this cousin. Yes. And yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, if you didn't well, go to family reunions and stuff, I guess it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, the, the mom says that she hasn't seen her sister in 10 years and that for whatever reason, they've never sent photos of the kid and the but 10 I'm thinking years if, thing to me is weird yeah Say that again. the, the 10, 10 years thing, thing to me is weird like are they estranged for yeah some it reason? seems like they must have been estranged yeah uh and that's just there's not time to get into why but i was just telling jason i'm like if they ever met the kid they would at least know if she looked nothing like the other kid yeah. i mean that's well maybe weird. maybe it was a thing of like yikes the ozarks <laughs> I don't know. Right. That could totally be it. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I try not to go home to, or go back, even though it's, you know, where I lived for a long time. I, I don't go back to Mississippi that often, especially that area that, you know, my family has a cool place out there, but in yeah. general, I never quite fit there. Sure. So I guess, I mean, it, it makes sense, I guess, and sort of, but it's also kind of strange uh i don't know you know i guess there's x amount of people in your family you know some families are closer than others but just that as hey we haven't seen her in long enough that we totally don't know what our uh niece looks like like is a little strange well it is the way i remember it in the novel is that they are they're odd at, at least as everybody else you know they're reclusive they're you know 
they're kind of you know pretty well off but odd intellectuals and paranoids who don't do pictures and you know the the dad is a you know is a a researcher and an author his daughter is going to a boarding school in Massachusetts while mm-hmm. he spends his time in the Ozarks, you know, doing his folklore research and stuff. So, you know, they're just odd people. And I can totally that... see, you know, this this couple in, in the Santa Monica Hills going, oh, yeah, you know, my oddball sister. Is, right. Well, and that's you know. part of the way that also another thing that Rachel clues into about Julia is that she um, and she I can't remember if she like looks through a letter or something. Yeah. She sees a letter from a friend of Julia saying, you know, that they miss her. And, and so then she calls this person and is like, Oh, Hey, um, I'm Julia's cousin. She's here with me. And then she's like, Oh my gosh, we miss her. Is she going to come back to school? She was the president of the Glee club and she sang all the time. And she's like, Oh, she doesn't sing here. And then she's like, was she into witchcraft? She goes, you're not her cousin. She hangs up. So that's when you're kind of like, wait a minute. (laughs) Uh, you know, on the flip side, uh, it could also be that Rachel's family move into California. Yeah. Could have been the part where the other side of the family was like, Ugh, and then they moved to California. <laughs> right. right? True. That, yeah. Oh, you know, also in retrospect, I didn't, I noticed this and I didn't, I thought about it and then I didn't. And now I'm bringing it up. You know how also you tell that they're rich? Mm. They, at the time, 1978. Yeah. They have a push button phone. Hmm. No, they and, had a dial. They had a dial phone. But the one she uses a is a push button phone. No, 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 Julia. The 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 dial oh. phone was on uh, Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Oh, okay, never mind. I just remember you saying something recently, like in the last two days, about love those phones. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. So it's push button phone. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. And, well, plus it's you know, just a big house. Yeah. Well, yeah, but actual. Dee, 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 like. Yeah. Uh, right, especially yeah. like when i grew up like we had a party line until the mid 80s or so oh you know, for sure depending on where you live but here especially that's yet another it's one of those weird things that you don't think about unless you live grew up in some part of this era and i didn't even notice it stuck with me but then later on i was like hey yeah you know if you saw that you know you live in an area that can even have that because mm-hmm. back then you had tone or pulse as far as what, what, the way you sent phone signals uh, they, to emulate that the, the whole that whole thing with a push button or dial phone. And so they would have been rich. That would have been yet another indicator that they're well off. They give us lots of my mind. When you think about it, like, well, first of all, they have the line where he says, oh, my dad's a stockbroker. And she goes, oh, he must be pretty well off. And she just shrugs like, yeah, yeah. I should I should point out this house that they live in. If you Zillow it right now, is a four million dollar home. When we get to the finale of this thing, and I'm not talking about the driving finale, I'm talking about the uh, the finale before that, where Rachel, in order to prove that her cousin is a bad guy, has got to develop these films. And so it's one of very few times in pop culture that I can think of where there is a a hurried tense developed film scene i don't know i feel and, like there have been others like that because there's oftentimes right. you find a, a, a clue in the in the developing photograph as it as it shows up um but what's interesting here is yeah, no way out no way out with uh, yeah. kevin costner had so what's that. interesting here is she's been told by mcdonald carey who's now in the hospital because um of, of witchcraft stroke 
um, that, you know, that she won't be show up with her. So then she got, she convinced her mom to do the photo session. Now she's developing the film. She sees, in fact, that she's not in the pictures, but nobody ever gets to see that, which is another thing that frustrates the crap out of me because, right. of course, Julia attacks her and then uh, they have a big, a big bitch fight, a slap scene. And then. Oh, but don't, don't uh, let, wait, hang on there for a second for that fight. I just want to point out that this fight is as exciting as you could possibly make it because Wes Craven does something. I mean, it's not in the book. I'm not even sure it would have been in the screenplay, but look how amazing this is. She's in a, she's in a dark room with red light and there's a curtain and the fight moves back and forth through the curtain. Between the red room yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other room. Yeah, that is Between... nice. It's a really nice effect. Really Absolutely. Cool. I mean, Wes Craven's doing a lot of cool stuff. We, you know, it's, we poke at different places, but uh, there's a lot of really good stuff going on throughout this whole thing. Yeah, uh, you know the tragedy of the horse, and it can keep coming. It keeps coming back and attacking. Uh, yeah, Julia. All of that stuff is really good. The the hey wait, I know something's going to happen. All the foreshadowing where she knows yeah. something's going to happen to her horse, or she you know it has parts of her mane, so it's this uh you know hoodoo kind of thing that's that's going on um all of that's really great i mean you know craven's doing all the craven stuff here yeah that's that's super cool uh her you know friend having to sneak her into the hospital in order to talk uh to the professor uh and hoping that he's even conscious and how you know there's this really great stuff where she Julia's like, oh, no, I want to go to the hospital. And, you know, she has to go, wait, I have to go too or uh, or else. Like, she knows that's going to be yeah. over. It's That's it for the professor. That was actually a she good tense that. scene. Yeah. Well, so then thankfully, off that. screen, that's cool. thankfully, off screen, apparently, he tells her, he tells the nurse, don't allow because he knows that 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 she's going to come back for him so i guess off screen he tells the nurse don't allow any visitors because the, there's just a line from the mom that says well the professor won't have i won't allow they're not allowing any more visitors for the next few days so i'm going to go ahead and do this business trip and so i'm like well that's interesting i guess he must have said i don't want anybody coming here because he knows because because julia has said she was going to go sit with him for the day I, the next day i thought hmm. it was because he got excited and they saw it on the you know monitor and they were like no but this is after after um after rachel gets after oh, right. Rusher sneaks rachel in yeah that's true yeah um but yeah this this fight i i totally recommend this film mainly for because somebody i haven't seen it since and you know how like like you know different directors will spot something and then they'll quote it in a later movie i have not seen another movie that uses this bit with moving back and forth through a curtain into ostensibly black and white and then color and then black and white and then color. It's cool. That's, that's just uh, neat. And, and I'm, you know, somebody else needs to do that. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, it's almost immediately after that because now we're into the climax of the film where uh, Rachel locks her cousin, her fake cousin, her, her, her changeling cousin, into this basement room where the dark room is so that she can run and, and bring the, uh, the proof to, you know, I guess her parents. And, <laughs> and Julia just sort of hulks out. I mean, you know, her eyes glow and she summons her powers really for the first time to do some heavy-duty telekinetic stuff and blows the door off his hinges which is great it looks just like the exploding door in suspiria you know it just like goes 
<laughs> Boom. <laughs> Meanwhile, we realize that the dad is full on under the spell because he's like basically going to kill uh, Rachel because he rather than let Julia be harmed. You know, that was super creepy. Yeah. Yes. Holy mackerel. Yes. It's very weird, especially that afterwards when he proclaims that he doesn't remember anything. That's mm-hmm. darn lucky for him because... Uh, yeah. Oh, because there's also horrible. been a scene where clearly they're having sex at this point because he's she's like, why don't you unzip me and I'll put on your wife's negligee uh, and then yeah, she's wearing the negligee. Is, yeah, Tony mentioned yeah. that with the dress. Yeah. yeah. I, I, All of that. So, yeah, the movie, I think, just to give this a nice ending, just simply says, oh, yeah, I don't remember anything for like weeks now. Um, right. But, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. And then we leave How to... convenient. Yeah, exactly. Then we lead though to the chase scene, which there, you know, adds some excitement. So, you know, Mike happens I found to be and that's the chase scene thing to me was about I know they're trying to mirror the opening, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's not a good ending for a horror film that you're which just gets kind of run off the road in a, I mean, and I, it, this is also the part where it feels the most like a TV movie to yes, me, like, right. cause this, this could have been like an episode of chips or something yes. like it. it well, just, it's, it, it's shot the way, especially at this time. Um, again, if you don't watch enough of these movies, you may or may not get it. And you know, yeah. I don't want to disparage anybody who, does or doesn't or you know be wrong but there's a way that chase scenes were shot in TV, yes. on tv that some of that carries over to uh film and back and forth but there's just if you watched enough movies from this and maybe it was just like hey this is how we're going to do this in the 70s and these are just stunt teams we have and coordinators that work with yeah. those studios that's probably really the the uh rub but uh, yeah. the way that they're shot is kind of specific to TV in this time period, mm. uh, which is interesting enough just to watch. You know, it'd be cool to just watch a montage of all of these kind of things. It really did um, feel like like Barnaby Jones or or Charlie's Angels. I mean, or chips. Something. I think Drew nailed it with chips in the yeah. way that some of that. But there were there were a lot of in other TV movies as well that relied on cars and them crashing into each other. And you know, again, the you have. A lot of things in, that are factoring into that, you know, stunt teams, uh, who's with this studio, who's with that studio, who have you worked with before that the directors feel comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that kind of factors into why we see these uh, chase scenes the way they are. But And I'm not knocking that in of itself. Sure, sure, sure. Like if it was like a detective show or an action show, it probably wouldn't bother me as much. But right. for something that's been about you know, witchcraft and devil worship and all these sort of occult things, I guess I would have liked a more metaphysical solution to the problem here. Mm. Right. Well, you also don't know if, if some executive somewhere or just even the writer, whoever went, hey, uh, chase scenes like this are really hot. Like, <laughs> you know, this is on the other, on the, this is what you also, you're competing with two other, at least two other channels. You might be competing with some UHF stuff at the time, but you're really only competing. There's three major channels at this point, right? Yeah. So if this movie is opposite the fall guy, I, I didn't even know if the fall guy was around at this point, but it, you get my point. Like if yeah. some action-y or chips, for example, if this was opposite of that, yeah. you might have this scene because, hey, how are we going to compete? And <clears throat> 
that's how that worked. Like you're competing for ad revenue from another station. Yeah. Uh, that's again, that's another TV movie thing from this time period. So you might put in that because we heard, you know, Nielsen ratings for uh, this spiked whenever an action scene, a chase scene happens nowadays. Got to have at least one car chase. Right. You know, yeah. Maybe. I mean, that, I'm not saying that was a factor here, but these are the kinds. This this kind of stuff is what. It's a distinct possibility. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go with your theory that that there are it, there are ingredients that have to be that maybe somebody could argue have to be present. Um, right. And I'm not yeah. saying that, that I think Drew, I think your point is totally valid, but as I play it back out, um, as I maybe even overanalyze everything that was going on, these are all factors. And also none of this is stuff you think about as a kid, mm-hmm. right? You're just here to watch the witch movie and better right. if it has a car chase, maybe, uh, because the Dukes of Hazard had a car chase. So I, I, I'm jumping all over the map as far as years. I'm sure there's, you know, <sighs> listeners who are going, it wasn't out then, but these are, in my again, my child brain remembers all of those things like Fall Guy, uh, Chips, Dukes of. I want to say the Fall Guy. So Chips, yes. Uh, no, Dukes those were eighties. Fall 80s, Guy was eighties, wasn't right. it? Yeah, yeah. Fall but Guy in my you know, in, in your brain, um, all of that matches together. I, I'm just maybe the six point, million dollar man or something. Anyway, yeah, yeah sure, you've got sure. all these your, your, your action still, things. I, I, I want to point out by the way, um, two really sweet things in this, and one. Is a 1970 red Dodge Charger? <laughs> that, oh yeah, that the boyfriend has. It is a boy. That's a beautiful that's car. A car, man. And uh, and that's the cool. other one, um, Lee Purcell is driving a 1962 baby blue Thunderbird, uh, which I don't remember in the movie why she has this Thunderbird, but I don't even remember seeing her driving it before the scene. No, she but just it's, grabs it from the. It's in. It's in there. I guess maybe that's her dad's car. I can't remember because the mom has gone in the mom's car. Yes. But yeah, yeah, like like I said, to my point, I'm you know, just to get myself out of hot water, I understand that none of those shows that I mentioned, other than maybe chips, are around this time period. But in my brain, those are action shows. Yeah. That you know, there are other action shows and you would be competing with those. Yeah, no, I get it. I, and yeah. and I don't think you're wrong to use I, I think I think your point's clear. I I, I don't think anybody's right. gonna but you write know in. P- yeah. people get pedantic about that and i just want to <laughs> make sure that yeah. yes i understand years that things were made uh, and yeah. and but in my in my brain of like, in the way my brain works all of those are in the same have the the feel of why you would want to put a car chase in a witch show oh for sure yeah um but it's a good Julia car chase. It's really up, exciting. It, it, is. it is. It is really good. And it, involves, and, and it does involve witchcraft because the break, yeah. you know, the pedal hit yes. gets pushed down as long as she's in line of sight. And that's what's also fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. She makes, yeah, she makes the mother's car lose control. She makes their car lose control. And, but the problem is that she doesn't um, notice that the mother is like she gets distracted. And so the mother is coming toward her and right. she gets, she drives off the side of so the cliff. that is the witchcraft part that's the only kind of counter to what you're talking about drew and i think you're i think you are right though it is an odd choice but we do have what eventually amounts to a bait and switch where uh rachel sees herself possibly being run down by a car mm. Like she's on the road, she has the dream that is possibly a premonition. So when a car chase happens and when all that's happening, we, the viewer, go, oh, no, you know, is there, is this going to 
is that going to be her mom that's doing that? Like once they start cutting back and forth, mm-hmm. um, as well as they wouldn't kill her off, right? And we don't know that they won't. So there is, you know, there is that element of witchery. They just decided to add the vehicle part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could have been much different had they not. I would have preferred that. something spookier. Mm-hmm. You know, like like more. I don't know. I think, but in that, like I guess that's the part of this that makes it me feel very much like I am watching a TV Absolutely. movie because I feel like mm-hmm. that this is, for the most part, kind of a cut above what you think of tv movie it's definitely a lot stronger than crow it's not quite the level of kolchak or or salem's lot but it's definitely a cut above crowhaven farm and it's it, what's interesting to me with this being a west craven movie is that it's craven in the earlier part of his career when he actually generally was doing nastier mm-hmm. with the horror yeah. films he did were more like twisted than the stuff he did later like even nightmare on elm street because it's it's yes it's a slasher movie but it's also kind of a monster movie um it doesn't quite have like the the nastiness of like last house on the left or the hills have eyes absolutely correct and this even though again it's very much a 70s tv movie it does seem to have like his style of like for going forward like it it has the the elements that you start to see come into play in his films into into you know the in the 80s and then into the 90s with the the screen films absolutely also, uh, it, uh, you know, it's noted that, you know, we introduced it as Summer of Fear slash Stranger in Our House, but the original TV movie name, you know, title is Stranger in Our House, which is very, very, very much a TV movie title. The true, that's a good point. Because like, that's not even the name of the, of the novel, exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like. Oh yes, this is definitely. I don't know. There's an art to that too. That well, when you hear you that, that, you go, "Oh, it... TV movie of the week" kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and Stranger in Our House fits all of that. Yeah, it tells you what to think about in a way that Summer of Fear doesn't, because it tells you to think about our house, our middle class, upper middle class house in the nice California hills, in is being invaded by this stranger that's and that's so you're right (laughs) that's that that really does focus in on the same people who are going to be then you know buying soap and you're you're totally right it's a good point i I had never thought about what the meaning of changing that title was because when you think about it summer of fear could mean literally anything it could be you know just about it could be you know like heat or something like that so yeah interesting uh Lee Purcell goes over and there's a fiery wreck and we don't and and everybody hugs and it's all great. But we have a stinger and I'm so excited about this because we are at another house and Julia, who appears? Who appears at this other house? Yeah, this, wearing a rather this smart lovely pants. woman holding an adorable little girl and she, she's greeting the new governess, which of course is effing sarah which is we find out is the is her actual name not julia but here she calls her something else but yeah she's like oh hi i'm your new governess i think she's doing an english accent maybe yeah but anyway uh yeah so she's survived (laughs) and is back so apparently um the accident didn't scratch her at all um so she's actually quite a good powerful witch because she managed to uh get out of that but um but you know at least um the other family has been mostly spared aside from uh you know well, the poor horse and the parents and the the daughter well actually we find out julia is dead then out somewhere um i guess in the yeah. accident she's actually she was actually died in the accident which they thought sarah had died in but 
So yeah. Right. So aside from the parent, the the uncle and aunt and co- and real cousin, this family has been spared. Now this poor little girl is good. I felt so. I actually hated that it was a little girl. I was like, why does it have to be a little girl involved? I wanted it to be, you know, let it just be another like maid situation <laughs> with adults. You know, like why do they have to involve children? Anyway, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, but also not before we have the mom almost fulfilling the prophecy and why you wouldn't jump out of the way instead of holding your hand out. By the way, holding yeah. your hand out does not stop a huge car. Uh, well, you physics. do. I mean, that's actually pretty realistic that you just freeze because, you know, there's that whole freeze. What is it? For, uh freeze flee or fuck or whatever it is all the anyway yeah all the all the f's but yeah that's one of the um one of the what i got it it's just to freeze yeah but the also she takes mike back which is again man yeah that's weird just i get it oh he was on everybody just goes oh it sucked that all the men were under a spell (laughs) what can you do witches right and then (laughs) and the, the dad yeah right man i mean there's maybe they maybe they went to some counseling i don't know but the dad being like <laughs> witchery right <laughs> oh I, I was, that was so weird when i was totally just hounded on uh my niece by marriage and she was right. wearing all your clothes looking sexy uh <laughs> i didn't even know i mean i don't i don't remember anything this whole summer uh-huh. complete blur Somehow he's been a stockbroker stel- selling stocks for months. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, it's all a blur. Like he's able to do his stock like you know, he's not going to get in trouble for any of that, but I That's like really that funny. I man, uh, he is his wife is really like yeah, you know, whew, which is right. Again, like I, that his whole and the way he just smiles like I didn't remember anything certainly not mm. oh, right. no i mean i didn't uh totally was not hot you know niece doings that i was thinking about just now uh i didn't remember any of that silky lingerie uh i mean nothing <laughs> like that his his whole demeanor and the way he's just smiling about, like darn wait well he also oh, looks like so... bargain basement ed bagley jr to me. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. But that that whole part was like and also, hey, Rachel, you can do better than Mike, the hormonal aw shucks. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just this uh by the way, the husband dude is played by Jeremy Slate, who apparently he had actually quite a career. Um he uh, was in a lot of TV shows and he was on One Life to Live at this time. This was like his period of of being a, yeah. a well, soap that's star. How you, that's how you, know. you do it, right? I mean, that's why they're soap stars in these movies. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it fits. He's like, you know, attractive stockbroker dad. Well, right. I like him in this these other shows. Like now he's in a movie. I want to watch that movie. That's how all of that. That's how it all works. You know, yeah. That's how you You're sell all right. of that. And you know more than likely a uh star on the network their show was on the same network as the movie it was pretty rare that they would kind of cross over at least i think you know there could be somebody who goes "Uh -uh uh-uh that happened all the time but as far as i remember it looks like i may have spoken too soon he's he slingshots off of this and right into one life to live which he stays on for like 10 oh that makes sense uh, but yeah, before this, he was in True Grit. I don't remember what he played in True Grit, but he was in it. Um, 
So, and there's probably there might be somebody listening going, "Come on, man, you don't remember him in True Grit." So, if if so, I apologize. Yeah, um, but the whole marketing, the marketing of that was often, uh, yeah. If I mean, if you're our age, you know all of this, and you'll just go, "Yeah, uh, way to state the obvious." But if you weren't into these movies at the time, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of times it was the if you like them in this, wait till you see this TV movie. Absolutely, not as smarmy as that, but that's the. That's the rub, right? No, but ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was also uh, apparently a star on a show called The Aquanauts, which was like a, a diver adventure show with Ron Ely, who, for those who don't recall, was Tarzan. Man, right. what a great Tarzan. Was I, you know, it's also strange to think of how many shows there were. Yeah. Even with limited, even only when you only had three networks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. When most people didn't have cable yet and you only had three networks. Well, the thing that blows my mind, seriously, is that is that like that show lasted one season and there are 32 episodes because back then a season had 32 episodes. That's that's crazy. Like a season was a season. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, if you think about it now, like, you know, the show comes on Netflix, there will be seven episodes a season. At that, you know, so they they were doing literally like four or five times that in a given season of a show. It's, it's so you could have a one season show, thirty two hours of that show. Well, but whatever. Anyway. Another thing that's that's kind of strange to think about because it doesn't. Now that we just have, hey, you can watch, you can stream anything. Mm. Is if you're talking to someone not not of our generation they may or may yeah. not remember that the summer since who knows if you'll be watching tv or not was just like this free-for-all yeah of <laughs> no one's watching jack in the summer because school's not in and whatever and so you just got this strange there were summer shows that were only during the summer to try to hope that you weren't out like all the kids weren't out yes doing stuff because they weren't in school or that just it felt way looser yeah it was more wild west in the summer for sure because in the summer they would put shows that they were burning off like right so didn't do well so they canceled it but they got four more episodes they never showed so they'll burn that off and show it there are summer replacement shows that sometimes would be a big hit and would become a regular show buffy the vampire slayer was a summer replacement show right and when they ended up running and that's much later but just the way the way 70s 80s especially and that's when i would go stay with my grandparents but you could tell there was a it was weird because there was just this different flavor yeah hard to explain unless you watch enough stuff and realize these were all during the summer yeah uh because also that's you know they would end a lot of the usual ones and then they would take the summer off absolutely yeah no more well julian are still dealing with that yeah right no more new episodes or whatever so uh, but just the way that it, it just made me all of this discussion made me think about that or just weird one-off pilot movies or like we don't have it like everybody's off for the summer all the actors and actresses aren't making you know other than other than soap operas because yeah. those stayed on those had to go all during the day uh 
but nighttime television was definitely here's a weird fantasy movie yeah an event and they would you know the television event of things that we couldn't fit into a normal programming schedule when it wasn't the summer <laughs> do you know i can still hear the the opening credit sound of like an abc sunday night movie oh man yeah. i can uh, you know and, and or you know into the early 80s the sound of an hbo movie coming on you know that that all those all those <laughs> like <laughs> like musical logos the yeah and this whole discussion is either people nodding and going oh yeah you're right and then other people of a different generation going yeah cool old people <laughs> That sounds great, Grandpa. I'm glad you remember the moving logos before the Sunday night movie. Like I, like I give you have right. streaming now, so stop your nostalgia goggles, that is there, Grandpa. Funny. My 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 favorite thing is when people will post an an entire old movie, but they'll keep the uh, commercials in because then you really feel like you're living it. Like we watched, what, what was it? What we, we reviewed a movie in, um, on this show. And the one that I watched was Commander USA's groovy movie version. And so mm -hmm. you had like the ads off of, off of USA. Anyway, all right, so we should wrap this up. Um, I want to get our final thoughts uh, about Summer of Fear, AKA A Stranger in Our House. It was Julia, Tony, Drew, and then I'll go, Julia, if you haven't been put to sleep by listening to us talk about the moving logos of the ABC <laughs> Sunday Night Movie, um, thank you for joining us for this. What are your closing thoughts about Summer of Fear? Um, you know, I think that it's been a fun conversation. I, um, I, I did like, like I said, the performances. I do think that the Julia slash Sarah character is very creepy, and there's some great effects of her, her powers and all that. Um, very interesting stuff. There are some great West Craven moments. I agree about the 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 develop the uh, dark room and the and the other thing with the fight. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, so I think we've talked about what kind of where maybe it could have used um, a, a, a rewrite, but uh, but there's definitely some really good things to it. So I did enjoy watching it, um, and I think uh, I think we've covered pretty well some of the some of the issues and some of the really good good points. But um, yeah, Thank you. enjoyed the conversation. Very good, Tony. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like I said, seeing a Wes Craven, you know, TV movie. That's you know, Linda Blair. Uh, the whole cast has you know pretty decent chemistry. It's it's neat. Uh, as I've stated before, you know, part of that possibly is nostalgia goggles, as well as um, talking through this, really dissecting uh, TV movies, uh, not just tropes, but why they're constructed that way, which I haven't thought as much about. You know, I've had discussions with different people mm. um, at different screenings, but never kind of in this depth of like, oh, yeah, as an adult, these are the things that, that you know, factored into these movies, as well as creating art and compelling, a compelling movie. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, again, I don't know if this is like, I'll just keep going back to it, um, but I... I enjoyed it, and I think it's got a lot of great bits, interesting stuff. Um, there's a few, I wouldn't call them holes, but there's a few, like we, we discussed most of the things like, oh, why is this character doing this? Or this doesn't make quite as much sense. And I, you know, I go with Drew about it, it would have been interesting to have a more spooky ending, mm. uh, you know, have it be supernatural all the way through. Um but I don't know. I guess something about the car chase thing just felt such a, of a time that I was able to overlook that at, you know, while I was watching it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, 
but it's not perfect, but it has all the things I kind of wanted and expected from this. So I wasn't surprised or, uh, I don't know. I, I It just fit for me. Perfect. Drew, what about you? I had a good time with this. I, I really did. You know, it, it, it again, it, it's nice to have a... Uh, whole uh a, you know a gap in my west craven knowledge filled too because i i really did feel like i had seen all of his movies um yeah i think this is an, an interesting uh flick you know i i i'm kind of with tony that i don't know that i would put it in my regular rotation or anything but i think um as a as an oddity as a you know a, a, a witchcraft movie from the time period i think it's a good example of that and um it's just also interesting to see west craven sort of developing the tropes that we will see repeated in his more famous movies later on so i really i really did enjoy watching this thank you that's that's fantastic uh well gosh that that leaves me and and you've already heard me just wax on rhapsodic about this i'm actually most curious since we watched this on tubi as to what other TV films Tubi is going to recommend to me. Um, I, and I should note for the listener, if you're planning on renting this movie and you haven't already, uh, Tubi was the one that had the best sound. I, I, I sampled a couple different versions and the Tubi one sounded pretty good. It's a, there's a recent Blu-ray release and uh, the Tubi version seems to be based off of that because it's from the same distributors. So that's, that's uh, what I'd recommend. Um, so I heard some other versions and the sound was cutting in and out in a really weird way that clearly had something just to do with how it was, how it was digitized. And, and Or get sure. the Blu-ray if you can. Or get the Blu-ray because it has a Wes Craven commentary track that I have not yet heard. And I, I'd, I'd really love to love to hear. Yeah, it. I would dig that. I might have to, those are, again, that's part that's, I like that shop factory sometimes has commentary like you can you can uh stream some of the commentaries on chat factory I, tv yeah yeah no i wish that they would do more of that because i definitely would dig on hearing the commentary track yeah i i agree i i, I want to hear more i want to hear like his thoughts on working with linda blair and, and fran drescher and, and these folks and um gosh you know and it would be so great just to just to head back to the hollywood to the sorry the santa monica hills and and um, you know, at that time. Uh, cool. All right. That brings us to the end of Summer of Fear. Let's get our endorsements, like whatever you guys might be listening to, watching, want to be, bring people's attention to. Uh, Julia, do you have anything for us? Well, obviously we went and saw Black Widow in the theater. Mm. Um, it is also available on, I guess, Disney+. Plus. But um, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, definitely... Um, you know, flawed in a few spots, and it has, uh, you ha- it really is kind of video gamey in how many times Black Widow doesn't die when no other human would not die in that situation. But it's a really fun action film, and it's not, you don't have to have watched any other Marvel movies to enjoy it because it's completely its own story about, you know, it's just kind of a standalone story in between Civil War and Infinity War um, of just Black Widow and kind of shows her uh, her childhood and then her youth and then what happens in those in those like six months after 
Civil War. So um, it's a really fun film. It's probably worth uh, endorsing Are You in the House Alone by Amanda Reyes, uh, mm. who knows a lot about TV movies and has written this compendium of 1964 to 1999 TV movies. Mm. Um, she's spoken at AFS and all over the place in, you know, in Austin. Uh, so I need to get this book because I don't have it somehow. Uh, I don't know why I don't own this book because I've been meaning to get it, but uh, are you alone? Are you in the house alone? Um, a TV movie comp compendium, nineteen sixty four to nineteen ninety nine. Sounds fantastic. I need to get that book because now this has me jonesing for all of that, and she knows her stuff, and so it's it's worth uh you know picking up for your reference material books. You know that book came out. I haven't read it yet. It came out in in uh, twenty seventeen. So it's like four years old but it is to this day it's still the number 20 i'm looking science fiction fantasy and horror tv reference I'm, that's really I'm, solid that's really good ranking yeah yeah that's, that's uh, four years old yeah mad that i don't have it i don't know i'm mad at myself for, for not having to. bought it because i keep i i don't know why i don't <laughs> yeah but uh yeah because there's just so much cool tv movie stuff to, to look at and you know review in a book like that as well as uh you know luckily now we also have youtube in addition to nice streaming services that pay uh the creators of, of some sort you know or at least distributors that do that yeah so uh you can watch so much stuff that during this point in time you just had to hope it came back on again if you missed it too bad blows my mind it just blows my mind you know now you can watch Carl Carl Weathers in the Bermuda Depths, you know, and for years it was just impossible. It's amazing. Or I'm sure somewhere you can find Aquanauts, which I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't either, but tonight. I got to get it now, boy. <laughs> I Thirty-two episodes somewhere. Now let me tell you, I, stuff like that is actually where I eat, where I periodically discover the edge of what the internet can do. Because some of those things are just really hard to find. You know, um, Goes to Mrs. Mirrors, not streaming anywhere except for in bootleg. Uh, Aquanauts, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. But the fact that I've never heard of it before indicates to me uh, this one might be hard. But that that actually also, honestly, it's like the Sherlock Holmes theme just starts playing. You know, and the game's afoot. We're going to find this damn thing. Um, so, yeah. True. what do you have for us? So um, I enjoyed the second. This is the most vanilla for the second week in a row. I feel like I'm giving the most vanilla horror <laughs> endorsement because it's it's you know literally what everybody's talking about on Twitter. But I really did also have a good time with Fear Street Part Two. Okay, what's Fear Street? Uh, catch me up. I've been writing a book and paying nothing, paying no attention to anything. It what is, is a three movies that are being released on uh -huh. um, Netflix. Uh, they are adaptations of an R.L. Stein series from uh -huh. the 90s, but I am not familiar with it, so I could not tell you whether or not this is actually close to the book series at all, although I've seen people say that it's not. Um, but what it is, is it's it, there's a through-line story with mm -hmm. all of these movies, but each one of them takes place in a separate decade, and they're done in the style of a mm. different horror film of this of the particular time period that the that it that, well i don't know what they're going to do with the third one because it's set in 1666 so i guess it'll mm -hmm. be kind of a you know period piece horror movie but the first one was 1994 and it was done in the style of a 90s horror film 
the second one is 1978, mm-hmm. and it's got a late 80s, early or late 70s, early 80s kind of. Lo- it looks very much like one of you, you, because it's set in a summer camp. It looks very much like one of the first three Friday the Thirteenth movies. Um, Great. It's not quite as perfect of a pastiche. Like the 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 first one man that really like they it felt like something that would have come out after scream came out mm-hmm. like they just they just nailed it but this one isn't quite as perfect of a replication of of a early slasher movie but it's still a lot of fun and it's got a lot of uh easter eggs for people who are fans of horror movies from that time period which i am so i i got a lot out of it and you know since i am a huge friday the 13th fan and it doesn't seem like we're going to be getting a new friday the 13th movie anytime soon this was this was probably the closest thing that I'm going to get. And it, so it hit the Friday the 13th sweet spot. I'm interested, you know, the, the third part of the series comes out next week and I will be interested to see if it, um, if they can stick to landing because like mm-hmm. so far it seems like not only myself, but ever a lot, most, most horror fans are, been very happy with this series so far um but traditionally netflix isn't that great with the horror genre especially endings so Mm. i i will be curious to see if they can they can nail especially since um they're they're going outside of the 20th century with the you know the next setting so like i don't know if it's going to be like a like a witchfinder general send up mm. or something but um I, I don't know i mean i just i don't know i'm having a good time with it uh they're not perfect but it's it's it's, it's a sharp reminder to to you know know that sometimes it's okay just to watch something to be entertained and it sounds well i mean but if you're if you're making it take place in the 70s and the 90s or whatever or backwards from that that's more than just you know that's that's definitely harder than you have to work so i, I really it's appreciate got that. a lot of art to direction it to it i think i think you would at least appreciate it sounds like even it, it, yeah. i think you would at least appreciate the aesthetic uh the, the the aesthetic effort of it if nothing else like they they really um they really are trying for something. Um, so uh, I, and it's and the fact that it's not just one kind of horror movie, you know, it's, it's a lot of different kinds that they're riffing on is, is interesting to me. Um, you know, the other thing I've been getting into, I've been talking a lot about this on my Twitter for, is I've been rewatching the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon on Disney mm. plus because it's kind of the perfect thing to watch when I have like 20 minutes, like, like if I'm working and I, I need to just like kind of step away from the laptop and, and not look at a computer screen for a second. Like I can watch an episode of it and then go back to to work relatively quickly. You know, it doesn't take up as much time as like a, you know, a modern television show. Yeah. And I, kind of am loving it even though it is hokey but it's hokey in a way that um i think people forget how soap opera e spider-man comic books actually are oh and yeah I think man the cart- yeah yeah and the cartoon really hits that sweet spot 
for me and i i haven't watched it in several years it may it, and it just i don't know it's been making me it's been making me happy and it's been making me think about the spider-man universe which i haven't done in a while and i i you know it's actually making me really i it, like if i if i were ever successful enough to to work for marvel i really would love to write the lizard and i mean not as like the antagonist of a spider-man story i mean like the protagonist of his own story yeah no like as an anti-hero a... mad scientist story yeah, yeah that makes he's sense. he is a fascinatingly layered character and he's not even really a villain when you think about it like he's not like doc ock like or or green goblin there isn't any deliberate malicious intent you know he's he's a he's a you know an accident he was just trying to grow himself a new arm man like i i i love the lizard and he's in a lot of the episodes and i just i don't know i'm i i, I kind of love the 90s spider-man cartoon although if you if you don't like you know older animation your mileage may vary because it definitely looks of its time period um and i'm not i'm not knocking it i I like the way it looks but i could see why if there's somebody who's younger who grew up on something that looks a little more slick they they might not uh they might not appreciate it the same way thank you tony you had something for us oh yeah so sorry to to interject back in but this TV movie nostalgia thing got me just fired up certain synapses. And if I don't think it's readily available, this may be a YouTube thing. But the thing I think about the most from this time period uh, that my stepbrothers and I just loved, and it only lasts a little, the Aquanauts thing is what really prompted this. <laughs> a movie called, uh, a series called A Man Called Sloan, which it is definitely of a time. Oh yeah, it's definitely trying to be James Bond. Uh, I think Moonraker style James Bond. Like, there's more gadgets. I've seen trailers involved. for this. I never watched it. Yeah. So what's crazy though, and this confused the hell out of young Tony and his stepbrothers. Uh, they showed the series seventy nine to eighty, and then yeah. waited to show the pilot, huh? Which had a different cast. Oh my! And if I remember, and it was called Death Ray Two Thousand. If I remember, uh, long before Hitman, this had Kung Fu nuns or <laughs> Kung Fu women dressed as nuns uh, in the beginning. If I remember correctly, but it's been a while. But all of that kind of hey, you can only see this. Uh, none of it made sense. Like why? Why was he? Wait, the movie, and then it's a different person, and you didn't understand any. Like yeah, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand any of hey, this person can't be in the series or, you know, any of that stuff or the, or what a pilot was. But even mm. more baffling is the <clears> show <throat> pilot after the show had been canceled. I, so. I, I remember something similar where when, for some reason, they played the Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman on TV. Right. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but this man called Sloan, definitely of a time, yeah. if I remember correctly, uh, and definitely death death ray 2000 uh okay just that's a good tip i like something about it just hit all of those bits of me you know wanting to watch that show uh and then you know only lasts for like one season gets mm-hmm. canceled but you know james bond was the coolest thing at the time so the fact there was a sort of kind of james bondy series on uh all of that hit those buttons at the time but i haven't really revisited anything but small bits of it so if you can find it i'm 
curious what everybody else uh, who's listening, if you're old enough, what you thought about it. And if you're not, if it's any good now. Um, Try to make although, a note of that I, on I, our I want page. to say that the Kung Fu Nun thing was kind of crazy, if I remember correctly. And it's got a, you know, a death ray laser. So. Perfect. I'm usually all about that. <laughs> but a man called Sloan and Death Ray 2000. Hang on, I have to connect back. I'm sorry. I lost my mic. Okay. You sounded fine. Uh, yeah, I it got it. Come on. Okay. It's okay. I'll do that. All right. Thank you. And I will definitely, I'm going to look for the Aquanauts and see if I can find it because now I'm really, I want to see a diving thriller adventure show. Um, this has been so fun. Thank you guys. This has been a real blast. Uh, and and I, I can't even remember now. Oh, yeah. Next week is going to be a movie that I have never seen, which is To the Devil, A Daughter, a, a, a Christopher Lee Hammer film at the very, very tail end of the Hammer period. So uh, that, that's, that's going to be a blast. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Look for opportunities to practice kindness. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.